Good morning. It's Tuesday. After months of buildup, today is the day for Donald Trump. Yeah, the former president expected to launch a new bid for the White House. It's November 15th. This is today. Ready to run. Donald Trump set to kick off his 2024 campaign in a matter of hours, looking to turn the page from disappointing midterm defeats. The latest in Arizona overnight, Kerry Lake, his handpicked candidate for governor, defeated. And now a growing number of Republicans, including his own vice president, pushing to move beyond Trump. I think we'll have better choices in the future. So what should we expect? We'll take you inside tonight's big event. High stakes summit, President Biden meeting with world leaders this morning, pressing for a united front against Russia's war in Ukraine and solutions for the soaring food and energy prices around the globe. A live report straight ahead. Large-scale layoffs. Amazon reportedly set to let go thousands of workers starting this week. The latest in a string of high-profile troubles for the tech industry. Just ahead, what it could mean for your holiday shopping. On alert, tens of millions waking up to winter-like temperatures. Parts of the South bracing for record lows, with snow and ice stretching from the Midwest to New England. We're tracking it all. All that plus in the spotlight. This day means more to me than you could possibly imagine. Christina Applegate's emotional Hollywood Walk of Fame ceremony, her first public appearance since being diagnosed with MS, her touching speech and how she's facing her health battle with grace and humor. Today, Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Welcome to today. We're so happy that you're joining us this Tuesday morning. We are going to get started with that unexpected, that expected announcement later today from Donald Trump that he is running for president once again in 2024. Well, it comes as NBC News is projecting Democrat Katie Hobbs has defeated Carrie Lake in Arizona's high stakes race, race for governor. And as Trump's former vice president, Mike Pence, is speaking out against him, particularly about what Trump did and did not do on January 6th. So what can we expect from Trump's speech at Mar-a-Lago, how will it be received by Republican officials and more importantly by voters? NBC's Garrett Hake is in West Palm with the latest. Hey, Garrett, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning. Yeah, the former president's been teasing this announcement almost since the moment he left the White House in 2021, including posting on social media overnight that he thinks this will go down as one of the most important days in history. Now, all of this comes as a growing number of Republicans are saying that the former president shouldn't announce this week. Some saying he shouldn't run at all after more disappointing results than expected for candidates he backed, including one race called in Arizona overnight. This morning, another major symbolic defeat for former President Donald Trump in the midterms, just as he's set to announce his third run for the White House. Democrat Katie Hobbs narrowly beating Republican Kerry Lake for Arizona governor. Lake had been one of Mr. Trump's most prominent allies in the midterms and one of the staunchest supporters of his false claims denying the results of the 2020 election. Do we love this man or what? Lake continuing to question her own race's results last night, tweeting, Arizonans know BS when they see it. But there is no evidence of any fraud in the election. And the winner, Hobbs, ran on a message of trust in the electoral system. 
Ahead of his Mar-a-Lago speech, Mr. Trump's influence on the Republican Party is now under intense scrutiny, with many of the election-denying Republicans he supported falling short against Democratic opponents. I think President Trump was a, uh, an albatross uh, on the electoral prospects of some of our candidates. Overnight, the conservative Wall Street Journal editorial board writing that Democrats will be, quote, elated with Trump's announcement, adding last week's elections showed that clinging to 2020 election denial, as Mr. Trump has, is a loser's game. It comes as the man who was once his most loyal defender now speaking out against the former president and his role in the January 6th insurrection. The president's words were reckless and his actions were reckless. Former Vice President Mike Pence, widely expected to be planning his own 2024 campaign, now opposing his former boss. Do you believe that Donald Trump should ever be president again? I think that's up to the American people. But I think we'll have better choices in the future. Despite these critiques, Mr. Trump's announcement of a third run for the White House will go forward today, according to a top advisor. This can be a very professional, very buttoned up announcement. Mr. Trump has been recently ramping up attacks against perceived opponents, especially Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. But polling released by a conservative group opposing Mr. Trump shows DeSantis opening significant leads over the former president in key early primary states. Well, Garrett, we're talking about 2024. What about 2022? We're still uh, waiting to hear what happened with the House. A week out from Election Day, we still don't have results in 14 races, Savannah. Eleven of those are in California. Republicans only need to win three to take control of the House, so they're still the favorites. If they do so, Kevin McCarthy's got a pretty tricky path if he wants to become Speaker of the House. He needs to get 218 votes in the House. He's about to get a conservative challenger for that job. A seven-week slog, potentially, to decide who's going to control the gavel after we figure out who's going to control the House. All right, Garrett, thank you very much. Also this morning, the war in Ukraine taking center stage. President Biden meeting with world leaders at the G20 summit. We have two reports for you this morning. We'll start with NBC's chief White House correspondent, Peter Alexander, who is in Bali for us. Peter, one of the president's main goals for the summit was to come out with a unified front for the West. Uh, Is that happening? Well, Savannah, it is a good question. That is the focus. Nearly nine months into the war, President Biden really is zeroed in on keeping the pressure on Russia, hoping to send a strong message from world leaders condemning the invasion and demanding that Vladimir Putin withdraw from Ukraine. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky, he appeared by video today declaring that now is the time for the war to end. Still, as you note, among this group, there are some divisions like uh, with countries like uh, India, China, among them reluctant to speak out against Russia. And after a three-hour meeting with China's President Xi Monday night, President Biden dismissed the suggestion of a new Cold War between the countries. One of the key flashpoints, though, remains. That's Taiwan. The president said he did not believe that China had immediate plans to invade there. Still, after the meeting, China warned any effort to interfere with its claim on Taiwan was, in his words, a red line that may not be crossed. The leaders did agree that Secretary of State Tony Blinken will visit China in the future to follow up on their talks. Savannah. All right. Peter Alexander traveling with the president. Thank you. Inside Ukraine now, Russia's retreat from a key city is giving hope to Ukrainian forces that more territory can be reclaimed. This is residents of Kherson speak out describing what went on there during Russia's occupation. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel has more on that. Hey, Richard, good morning. The mood here is triumphant and Ukrainians say recapturing the city shows that they are winning 
and that victory potentially is close. But now they have to get this city up and running. Ukraine liberated the city of Kherson, routing and driving out Russian troops. But this morning, the victors are standing on breadlines for handouts. In Kherson's main square, word of mouth spread quickly that food is available while it lasts. This is the harsh reality after the elation of victory. Ukrainians can't afford reconstruction, especially now during the war. But now, efforts are underway to get Russia to pay for the damage it caused. A contentious vote at the UN held Russia responsible for damage and deaths in Ukraine and called for an international mechanism to be established for the payment of reparations. Accounts of atrocities committed by, Russia, by Russians in the occupied territories, murder, rape, torture, forced deportation, looting, they all speak for themselves. It is time to hold Russia accountable. Some U.S. officials have said seized Russian funds and assets, including yachts from oligarchs allegedly tied to the Kremlin, should go to Ukraine. Russian officials said the U.N. vote has no legal basis. China voted against it. President Zelensky accused Russia of deliberately destroying Ukraine's infrastructure and said all those responsible must be sanctioned. It's unclear if Russia will ever pay. In Kherson, they're trying to make do. Local authorities brought in a cell tower, but there's still no power. Generators operate a few precious charging stations. Ukraine won back this city, but now who will pay for it? Ukrainians say the answer is obvious. Russia broke it and now must pay. President Zelensky said the fall of Kherson marks the beginning of the end of the war. And some U.S. officials are quietly urging the Ukrainian government to consider diplomatic negotiations with Russia. But here, the mood is not one for negotiations or compromise. They want to keep pushing ahead. All right. Richard Engel, Forrest there in Kherson. Richard, thank you. Back home, an emotional scene on the University of Virginia campus overnight. Thousands of students gathering for a vigil to honor the victims of a mass shooting. Three members of the school's football team. We're also learning more about the suspected gunman, a fellow student now in custody. NBC's Ryan Nobles is in Charlottesville with the very latest. Ryan, good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. And a makeshift memorial has popped up here at the UVA football stadium where these three victims played their games on Saturday. An example of the outpouring of support for a college community still struggling to figure out what went wrong. Overnight, thousands of students coming together for an emotional church service and a candlelight vigil at the University of Virginia. The collegiate community in shock after a deadly shooting took the lives of three members of the school's football team and injured two others. After a 12-hour manhunt, authorities apprehending the suspected shooter 75 miles away from campus. UVA's chief of police breathing a sigh of relief when he learned of the arrest during a press conference Monday morning. We just received information the suspect is in custody. Just need a moment to thank God. 22-year-old <laughs> UVA student Christopher Darnell Jones Jr., a former member of the football team, is now facing three counts of second-degree murder in the deaths of Deshaun Perry, Devin Chandler, and Laval Davis Jr. The father of the suspected gunman saying he can't believe his son is responsible, but admits something seemed off when they spoke a month ago. He said uh, some people was picking on him or whatever. Uh, he didn't know how to handle it. The harrowing ordeal beginning late Sunday when a bus of students returned from a field trip to D.C. Within minutes, authorities say the bus was riddled with bullet holes. The suspect fled the scene, 
leaving the campus on lockdown for hours. I just went in my room. I locked my door. The UVA community now reflecting on the loss of three beloved student athletes. They're titans um, in this place, and it, it really is just so sad. One of the victims, Devin Chandler, recently transferred from Wisconsin. A professor describing him as, quote, one of those people who's just impossible not to like. His former high school coach remembering Laval Davis Jr. as a good person. You know, you think such a good guy, you think something like that would never happen to him. And Deshaun Perry, a linebacker last on the field for the Cavaliers just days ago. We saw Deshaun Perry play just on Saturday, and now he's gone. UVA's president, Jim Ryan, reflecting on the enormous loss. When I see our students, I see my own kids. And I cannot imagine anything worse for a parent than to lose a child. And officials did say that the suspect was part of a hazing investigation on campus that was ultimately settled with no resolution. They also say there were reports that he was telling people that he had a gun. They looked into it. It didn't turn up anything. And officials say that it was not connected to any specific threat. Savannah? A lot of questions still to be answered there. Ryan, thank you. 713, Craig joins the table. Major layoffs at another tech company. Yeah, that's the word this morning. Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. We're talking about Amazon, reportedly set to let go of thousands of employees as soon as this week. And this all comes, of course, just as the busy holiday season starts to ramp up. NBC's Stephanie Gosk is here with details on this one. Hey, Steph, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. The tech industry is taking another hit, a big one from this tough economy. This time it's Amazon cutting workers following Meta and Twitter, which just announced layoffs. All of it happening with the holidays, as you say, right around the corner. More holiday woes for the tech industry. The New York Times reporting that Amazon will lay off 10,000 workers starting this week. That's 3% of its workforce, the biggest layoff in the company's history. Among the departments feeling the cuts, the devices department, which includes voice assistant Alexa. And surprisingly, the retail division, just as Amazon prepares for the busy holiday shopping season. The company that revolutionized online shopping hit new retail highs during the pandemic. But with changing consumer habits and high inflation rates, Amazon saw a slowdown in its profits this year. The overhaul seems to be part of a larger course-correcting strategy happening across Silicon Valley. This was ultimately my call. It was, you know, one of the hardest calls that I've, I've had to make. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg announcing last week his company would be laying off 11,000 employees, about 13 percent of its workforce. And Elon Musk cutting half of Twitter's headcount earlier this month after buying the company. These companies have experienced a sort of decade of explosive growth, um, but it appears that that era of exuberance may be coming to an end. The economy does not look great right now. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, who no longer runs the day-to-day operations, just announced his plans to donate most of his $124 billion fortune to charity. He has been warning about economic headwinds for months, most recently in a new interview with CNN. If you're an individual and you're thinking about buying a new, you know, large screen TV, maybe slow that down, keep that cash, see what happens. Although the layoffs at Amazon are happening right before the holidays, Martin Heubel, a former Amazon employee turned consultant, says it shouldn't impact shoppers. Uh, Amazon has done a fantastic job over the past few years to really automate and offshore a lot of the tasks, either in its business or outside to its suppliers and to its other business partners. 
We've reached out to Amazon for a comment, but have not heard back. Some experts say these layoffs seem to be really only impacting the tech industry. The last jobs report for October staying relatively strong for the rest of the economy. Guys. Yeah. Sad news for so many people. Yep. Yep. Thanks, Steph. Thank you, Steph. All right. It is 716. Time for a check of the weather. Dylan in for Al on the road. She's in Jersey. What you got, Dylan? Good morning, guys. We'll get to why I'm here in just a minute. But before we get to that, we have a snowstorm to talk about. We've had a couple inches of snow fall back through the Plain States yesterday and last night. Northern Minnesota picked up about a foot of snow. And now we're seeing the snow falling in the Chicago area in and around the Great Lakes. We have winter weather advisories in effect uh, back through the Midwest and also into the interior northeast where we are going to see some snow. So this whole cold front is going to move to the east. It brings with it some much colder air. So that's why on the backside of it is where we're seeing most of our snow. On the eastern side of it, it starts as a cold rain and will continue to push up into the northeast as we go into tonight and tomorrow morning. It's really the interior areas of the northeast and up through the higher elevations where we'll see our snow. But also, this is ideal conditions for lake effect snow to kick in. So off of Lake Erie, off of Lake Ontario, we'll see most of our snow fall up to around six to eight inches of snow possible. Also through northern Maine, we could end up with about six to eight inches because this whole uh, event starts as snow and stays as snow. But again, for the immediate coastline, we are looking for mostly rain. But still, this is going to be a big system as it moves through the Great Lakes and into the interior northeast today and tonight. And guys, where I am at right now might have something to do with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, we're that. looking forward to that, girl. <laughs> She's wearing her cozy Thanksgiving yes, sweater. It so it looks like it. Yes, we're in, in the mood. Okay, Ready. dilly dilly. <laughs> Thank you. Coming up this morning, Christina Applegate's emotional first public appearance since her MS diagnosis as she receives a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, her powerful message to her family and fans, and what she's saying about her acting future. Plus, are you having a hard time finding affordable flights home for the holidays? You are not by yourself. We're going to hear from families who are changing some plans and what you can do if you still have to book. But first, this is Today on NBC. We're back 7.30 Tuesday morning, just over a week away from Thanksgiving, and they're getting ready, the Macy's Parade Studios. Oh, Dylan, she looks right at home there, doesn't yes, she? She, does. she totally even fits. blends in with the Wonder Bread float. She's wearing Wonder Bread gold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's a wonder. Yeah, she is a wonder. She's going to take us on a tour of some of the older floats that we're used to seeing, some new ones that are coming up. So it'll be fun to visit with Dylan over there. All right, we'll get in the spirit. Let's get started. It's 7.30 on a Tuesday morning. And we're going to begin this half hour with a mystery surrounding the deaths of four University of Idaho students. The victims were found in an off-campus house on Sunday. Police haven't said how they were killed, only that the case is being treated as a homicide. No arrests have been made, but the city's mayor did say the community should not be worried about safety. The victims were described as close friends that had been involved in fraternities and sororities on campus. Mm. A third railroad union has rejected a potential labor deal, increasing the chances that more than 100,000 freight rail workers will go on strike. The International Brotherhood of Boilermakers Union voted down a tentative agreement yesterday. All 12 rail unions must ratify their contracts 
by December 9th to prevent a strike and it could devastate the nation's supply chain. Well, let's turn now to an emotional moment on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Beloved actress Christina Applegate became the latest celebrity to receive a star on that famous boulevard. Yeah, the event marked her first public appearance since, since revealing her MS diagnosis. NBC News Now anchor Joe Fryer is here with more. Hey, Joe, morning. Hey there, good morning. You know, Applegate remembers when she was a little girl in Hollywood waiting to see the first Star Wars movie. She saw those Walk of Fame stars and thought, I want one. Well, now she has one. But because of the pandemic, the ceremony, which was originally scheduled to take place in 2020, was postponed. In the meantime, her life and career have been through some major changes. Yet Applegate continues to inspire. Christina Applegate! Much like her career, Christina Applegate's Walk of Fame ceremony combined the heartfelt and the humorous. So um, this day means more to me than you could possibly imagine. Um, I I can't stand for too long, so I'm going to thank the people that I really need to thank. Uh, First of all, to my, my family. These people take care of me. It was her first public appearance since she was diagnosed last year with multiple sclerosis, supported by her Married with Children co-star Katie Segal. And using a cane, the Emmy-winning star spoke directly to her 11-year-old daughter, Sadie, before addressing her health issues with that Applegate touch. The most important person in this world is my daughter. You are so much more. You are so much more than even you know. And blessed every day that I get to wake up and take you to your school. Thank you for standing beside me through all of this. Oh, by the way, I have a disease. Um, anyway, um, did you not notice? I'm not, even we- I'm not even wearing shoes. Still, it was a poignant ceremony with Applegate's TV mom sharing the crowd's sentiment. I love you so much, my sweetheart. You're not alone. 50-year-old Applegate is both star and executive producer on Netflix's dark comedy, Dead to Me. During filming of the show's third and final season, Applegate says her scenes became shorter with fewer walking shots. But she was determined to finish production, telling Variety, if that meant me having to take a break in the middle of the day so I could go sleep, or me just leaving because I couldn't do anymore, then that's what we had to do. I'm so happy you're okay. Oh, God, maybe the hugging's going to kill me. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. I love you. Her Dead to Me co-star, Linda Cardellini, has been by her side through it all. If you are lucky enough to have her in your life, she will do anything in her power for you. Selma Blair, who also has MS, was there to support her friend, along with David Faustino, who played her brother on Married with Children. Anyone who can play that dumb, that good, Must be a smart and brilliant actor. Now, with Dead to Me about to conclude its run, Applegate's long career as an actress may be winding down, but even sitting down, she's still dancing as her star takes its place on Hollywood's famed walk, a childhood wish come true. Oh, wow. What a profile and courage she is. So she was wearing, she wasn't wearing shoes. She kind of talked about a little bit while she was up there. Did she talk any more about why? Yeah, she elaborated on social media. She actually posted what I think is just a really beautiful photo of her feet next to that star. Mm -hmm. She wrote, barefoot. For some with MS, the feeling of shoes may hurt or make us feel off balance. 
So today I was me, <laughs> barefoot. I think that's uh, absolutely beautiful. I mean, as for what's next, Dead to Me, actually, the new season comes out on Thursday. Okay. And she's told Variety she's pretty convinced that she's done with any major acting roles, but she still wants to be involved in Hollywood. She still wants to produce. One possibility is actually a Married with Children animated series that's oh, in development. Yeah, that's we'll see if that happens, but that's something that might be interesting. Okay. She's a creative force. She yeah. has a lot to contribute. She has so. a lot of ideas. She All has. right. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Uh, still ahead, another beloved star who's taking stock. This time we're talking about Shaquille O'Neal. Our first look at what Shaq is revealing about his wide-ranging career and larger-than-life persona. He's got a new docu-series out. All right, but for something on a lot of minds right now, the soaring cost of airfare, especially as we're heading into the holiday season. Sam Brock is all over it. Good morning. Yeah, I've been looking into this, Savannah. Are you sure you want to know what I found out? Prices right now up about 40% for the holidays compared to where we were a year ago. But there is one thing that you can do that will 100% save you money. What is that? Coming up right after the spray. We're back 740 with today's Consumer Confidential. If you are flying home for the holidays and you have not yet booked your flights, Get prepared because you're going to have to dig even deeper. Yeah, airfares are up a staggering 40% from the same time last year, and it could get even more expensive with Thanksgiving and Christmas just around the corner. NBC's Sam Brock is at Miami International Airport for us this morning. So, Sam, how bad are we talking here, buddy? It's not great. And here's the problem, Craig, Hoda, Savannah, good morning. The prices are only getting more expensive. If you procrastinate, that is going to be problematic. Right now, if you were trying to go over Christmas from New York to Miami for a low-cost carrier, you're looking at about five to $600. For larger airlines, it's more like 800 bucks. So the best advice for travelers right now is also the simplest advice. Book your flights immediately. This year, the warm and fuzzy feeling of flying to see loved ones is also being served with the side of sticker shock, with airfares soaring ahead of the holidays. What should people's expectations be right now if they're trying to book flights to see their families? We're going to see airfares well over $400, probably many over $1,000, especially those coastal flights from east to west coast and back. The deal-finding app Hopper that sells tickets shows September prices are up almost 40% from this time a year ago, even as demand remains rock solid. Even more jarring, another research firm found the average domestic ticket in the second quarter shot up to $397. That's the first time in almost a decade that figure has flown above 390 The Hearts are just trying to make their regular trip from Orange County, California to Park City, Utah for Christmas. It's about an hour and 20 minutes, generally $180 to $220 flight. This year over the holidays, we're looking at flights and we have kids, of course, and it's about $700 round trip per person. Per person. The anger and shock all over social media. One tweet reading, when did flights become so expensive again? Mass disruptions over the summer, igniting a passenger firestorm. And while delays and cancellations have improved significantly, the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, telling Lester he's forcing six airlines to pay passengers $600 million in refunds. Airlines were either taking too long or, in some cases, uh, refusing to give to passengers after their flights experienced uh, extreme delays or cancellations. Now, a new challenge for travelers, finding affordable tickets. It didn't take much, one look, and I was like, I think we're going to drive this time. But if driving is not an option, the best advice from experts? If you haven't booked your Thanksgiving or Christmas travel yet, book now. Prices will not get better. 
All right. So, Sam, we hear you. Book now, book now, book now. But besides that, <laughs> any other ways that folks can save on flying during the holiday season? Yeah, Craig, look, it's a great question. There is a cheat code of sorts here, and it has to do with the exact day that you book your departure. Here's the deal. For Thanksgiving week, you want to leave on the Monday before Thanksgiving. That is about 30% cheaper, according to experts, than if you were to leave on Saturday, 15% cheaper than if you were to leave on Wednesday. So keep that in mind. Also, on the return, and this is not the advice many travelers are going to want to hear, Thanksgiving Day would be the cheapest to return. If not on Thanksgiving, then the following Friday or Monday. But do not book your return flight on Sunday. That will be the most expensive. And look, the same thing applies, guys, also to Christmas and Christmas Eve. Who wants to leave on the days you're supposed to be spending time with your family? Those are the sacrifices, though, unfortunately, you've got to make right now if you want to get those savings. Well, it, could guys, depend, back to you. it could also depend on your family, Sam. You never know. Yeah. Uh, Sam Brock in Miami. <laughs> Sam, thank you. Exactly. Okay. I got it. I see what you I, see <laughs> I what didn't get it. There, Melvin. No, okay. Kidding. All right. Um, let's go back to Dylan. She's in New Jersey. She's got another check of the weather from the Macy's Parade Studio. Yeah, we've got a lot of fun stuff to show you here in just a few minutes, guys. But first, it is cold all across the country, and that's going to be the big story this week and into Thanksgiving week, too. The weather. We are looking for temperatures to be running about 20 degrees below average high today in Kansas City, only 36 degrees. Chicago, where the snow is falling, 37 degrees for a high this afternoon. Then as we go into tomorrow, the cold air continues to settle in. We're still looking for highs only in the 30s in some areas. Again, that is well below average and even colder across the northern plains. Now, this cold air is going to cross over the Great Lakes. It's going to enhance some of the lake effect snow that we're seeing, especially through, say, Erie, Pennsylvania, up into Buffalo, New York. And then those colder temperatures are going to stick around again all through next week, except I'd say extreme West Coast and also down, of course, into Florida. And that is your latest forecast. Back to you guys. All right, Dylan. Thank you. Coming up next, the U.S. men's team gearing up for a return to the World Cup with a little motivation from one of the biggest (laughs) names in soccer. Well, faux soccer. Yes. Ted Lasso. Yes. We'll explain right after this. It's pretty fun. Are you ready for some motivation? Yeah, yes. ready. All right, guys, here we go. It looks like the coach is bringing his inspirational attitude, not joking, to real life. The World Cup in Qatar starts in just five days, and Lasso is helping give members of the U.S. <laughs> men's team, check this out, an extra dose of motivation with these billboards. They've got personalized messages in the hometowns of all the different players. Uh, this is one from Jordan Morris. It, it reads, uh, in part, I'm sure you know all about being blown away being from Seattle, uh, but the thing about you is that you don't let anyone rain on your parade. And these are all over the country. Oh, so and the U.S. kicks off on Monday. It's going to be... Uh, yeah. It's, gonna be it's a lot of words. Yeah. yeah like, you have to blow over and be like, wait, what does that say? Well, on it's social, cute. people were like, where are these coming from? Who's yeah. doing Who's it? Who's doing it? And it all came out. And all the quotes are just peak lasso, too. Yeah. Just uh, peak lasso. Big fan, right? Huge fan of the show. And it's, show. It comes back early, early next yeah. year. But yeah. to your point, yeah. Team USA taking on whales. Oh, just a few okay. Weeks, so oh. It's going to be go. good. You know what's going to be good? A little what? pop start coming up, guys. A real music treat for lovers. The iconic star is set to take inside the remarkable history of the legendary Abbey Road Studios. Plus, it's day two of our Steals and Deals holiday guide. Jill's back with affordable ideas for the man you need to shop for. But- 